Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest, episode 224. I am your allergy-afflicted host, Mike Apps, a.k.a. Wheels, and with me as always... Uh, fire and pantsless, dude, for me, Uh, TMI. <laughs> <laughs> you're assuming I'm telling the truth. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we have to assume you're telling the truth. You'll have but to yes, speak so, up, I'm wearing um, a towel. <laughs> and, uh... Currently caught in a post-capitalist dystopia, your manager and Michael Baker. Speaking of which, guess which game I just started, Wheels? Uh, uh Outer Worlds. Yes. Sweet. And and I'm realizing that one, I'm really bad at first-person shooters, and two, I've <laughs> never actually, I haven't played that many Obsidian games ever. <laughs> That's a good one, and you can eventually get to the point where you don't have to shoot that much. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. can. I talked my way out of the last battle, so you should be fine. <laughs> good thing I'm putting a lot of points into uh, talking skills. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I just find it funny that for someone who's trying to be convincing and helpful, I do a lot of running around with a gun pointed almost at people. Because that's actually how the character walks around town. Apparently. Nice. So you know, so that's you know normal. What you're at. Yep, completely normal. You know. Yep. Well, you picked the perfect time to start it because the DLC, the last piece of DLC, I think, just came out for Switch. Oh, nice. That may have been the update I got last night. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I should pick those up. Yeah, I need to do that too. But you're excited for the Outer Worlds too, Wheels? Oh hell yes! Of course. The only problem is my save is already like at the end of the game, so I want to start a new game to do the DLC, which I shouldn't be doing because I have other games to play. You're broke-brained. Yeah. Other than that, it was a uh, query pitch frenzy on Twitter earlier today. So, it was eh, usual. <laughs> yeah. you, get, you know what I'm talking about, Dave? No? Uh, sorry, my brain is a little fried at the moment. Hey, that's oh, my shtick. Dude, I just, I just spent a lot of time helping with it. Yeah, removing some problems. So, fun. I'm tired. <laughs> you have to live with that. You don't get a monopoly on this shit. If only we had been able to record last night. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been nice? And yet here we are. Yeah. Let's talk about the weather in Wheels' neck of the woods. There was rain, and some more rain, and uh, some extra rain. Thankfully, thankfully, I live in a hill, so I'm good. But uh, yeah, I lost internet connection, and lots of other people around here are not so lucky. Yeah, there's there's very much degrees about how bad it's gonna broken. Yeah, <laughs> and, and once again, American infrastructure wins the game, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we're so good at the... Uh, I can't make the joke. Okay, uh, moving on. Yes. Oh, just noting that uh, thank you, Pew, for always being in the chat. Even though we always. didn't, I did not announce the stream happening at all ahead of time. That's what happens when someone's actually like paying attention to their Twitch emails or whatever. Yes. <laughs> well, it's just nice considering I've been followed by what seems like a bunch of bots lately. That there's somebody keeping uh, an eye on things. Noted robot. Yes. Hoss at 00312 and your variants. There might be infinite Hosses yes. infinite universes. It'd be hilarious if I find out that that's actually like a bunch of people that are like legitimately following. <laughs> that, that would be weird. But it seems extremely be... unlikely. Sure. Anyway, should we talk about what we've all been playing? Sure, sure. Well, um, and I'm, like I said, I've been playing The Outer Worlds. I've still got Doggy Adventure on Steam working through a bit. Um, yeah, those are the main two. <laughs> Metal Dogs, which is fairly... Fairly difficult at this point. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. In the regular Metal Max games, the dog is not supposed to be going head to head with tank, uh, with automated mm -hmm. tanks like this, and he's not really supposed to in this game either. But you don't have much of a choice. <laughs> it just happens. Yeah. <sighs> sorry, sorry, just, just sorry. Um, so yeah, metal dogs. That's still that going okay. Aside from making dogs fight tanks, which seems a little concerning. Well, I mean, the dog's got a back-mounted cannon of his own, so it's more of a matter of just me being able to run around, run fast enough to avoid return fire. Mm-hmm. Also, I have yet to actually get my controller to um, sync with the game itself. Ooh. So I've, I've been doing this all on keyboard. Double U. Yeah. So. I mean, it's honestly it's still a better game than Xena Reborn, but I mean, yeah. That's again, <laughs> dang with faint praise. Yes. Oh, I'm not. There's no nothing faint here. No, <laughs> zero praise. Yeah. So, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. And that, yeah. Um, like I said, um, Pit Mad last um, yesterday or t this morning for you guys on Twitter. So I was basically playing the odds and seeing if I can get how much attention I can grab for books I want to publish. Yeah. And at this point, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person participating in this event that has four different items being pitched. Damn. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Might as well go big. Yeah, but like my brother sent me at one point, he's like, you know, dude, after most people after they finish one, they just go back and they keep editing it and editing it. They don't go and write a second one. Or a third. Fifth, sixth. I'm not quite sure at this point. Twelfth. Yeah. 
I mean, it really depends on how you count the books. <laughs> uh, but I mean, yeah, the most recent one I actually self-published, I mean, that sucker was 160,000 words. Yeah. All fun, but took a while. Still, yeah, definitely. And Wheels, what have you been playing? Um, I have been playing um, some shooters. <laughs> and I can't believe that some things never change, ever. And uh, lots of Monster Hunter stories, too. I like to... Monster Hunter boring. Oh, oh my god, wow. Oh. <laughs> no, no, that's just I'm trying to pick up the pace here. Also, hello to Tam and Doomerang in the RP Gamer chat. Oh, I should check that out. Um, I like this game a lot. It's very pretty. It's really fun. And, um, yeah, I like collecting the monsters from the Monster Hunter series. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and it's, the monsters. It's good to see this game getting a lot of attention, unlike the original, which uh, naturally got largely ignored being a late 3DS game and Born to die. coming out way later than its Japanese counterpart in the US so uh, this is good it's good and I hope uh, hope this sub-series continues on and continues you know tweaking the formula and getting better because this, this one is really really good cannot recommend it enough yeah, more potential and also um uh, getting back into Disgaea 6 a little bit. Which is still way better than 5, as I've said. And <laughs> definitely worth checking out. Um, I'll just leave both to you for your expert opinion, because I burned myself out on the first Disgaea. That's, that's fine. That one's not very good. <clears throat> just the number of hours you can put into it. I mean, any of these, you can spend like hundreds and hundreds of hours, but the, the thing I like about the really good Disgaeus, like 3, 4, and um, the sequel to one, Hopefully I forget six. the name. Dimension 2. Is what Dimension thinking. 2, yes. Uh, all run like a 34 hour, 30 to 40 hour campaign, and you can just play through and like enjoy that, and that's that. If you don't want to keep messing around with the mechanics and do the post game stuff, you can. But it's like a nice, concise, funny strategy RPG. Those three games are, and um, I've heard this one is also not super long, so um, it's, it's it's looking good. Yeah, the first game is ridiculously long and requires lots of grinding, which is something they tweaked and adjusted over the course of the series. So there you have it. There you have. Thank you. My brain, <laughs> it's ragweed season in my brain. No worky. Someone else. Someone else talk about something. <laughs> okay. Uh. To finish the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Sweet. Good. Uh, if Wor you were to take the weight. Noetha, oh yeah, absolutely. If you were to take each of the games individually, they're they're some of the better Ace Attorney games. They wouldn't be my favorites, but when you play them together, as they're clearly meant to be played, like they're probably the best product in the series. Mm. Good. Uh, 
they were clearly written as one long narrative, so there's no cases in the game where you're just like, this is a waste of my time to put it in there because the game wasn't long. Uh, it's a very satisfying uh, story that uh, brings in a lot of elements of a lot of different uh, home stories while still feeling unique. It's also kind of like heavily reinterpreting and sort of remixing aspects of the first three Ace Attorney games, which is also kind of fun to watch. Huh? I said interesting. Yeah. But uh, in general, uh, much it's because it has a much better grasp of where its plot is going. Because, like, the first three Ace Attorney games were not written with the idea that they would have that there would be sequels to any of them. So, like, the first game sort of sets out uh, Ryuichi or Phoenix, or <coughs> sets out their story and kind of fills it out completely. And then uh, come Ace Attorney 3 the writer on the on both the first four games and the greatest starting games is basically like shit uh i really could use some more like backstory for him to like make this more to, to give him a more personal stake in the goings on the main plot of this one so they did and it doesn't really make a lot of sense <laughs> uh it requires you to sort of accept uh like just a lot of very strange it, it it makes a lot of statements made in the first game seem like very strange in hindsight like that kind of thing hmm. uh but this one uh of course was written uh i i am convinced that the outline for every single case was written before any of before the games were like approved and it shows they they are very well constructed they uh you know it's, it's a very tight narrative very good uh some of the best music is actually saved essentially only for the final case because they're all like really impressive remixes of some of the music that's been going on throughout the uh throughout the games so like there's a there's like this really ominous theme that shows up uh, for like as the uh, theme, the the theme of the prosecution during the final case. It's like, oh God, this is upsetting. Like this is really foreboding. Uh, there's an updated version of the like pursuit theme uh, that uh, I think its full name is like. Uh, the Great Turnabout, The Resolve, Ryanosuke, uh, Naruhodo. That one's really good. It's a really, like, triumphal remix. There's a remix of Holmes's theme that shows up uh, the one time that you see him, like, you... There's, like, one time it's used. It's the one... This one point late in the game where uh, he's reminiscing <laughs> about a time uh, that he and Watson were on a case. And uh, it's like this really uh, keyed up version of his theme that's happening because it's also like he's reminiscing on a time when he was like 
actually gave a shit about what was going on and was, was not just trolling everyone in the room. He's just, like, making the, like, correctly deducing everything about a crime from in the, a very Holmesian way. It's like, oh, man, watching this play out is really fun. But, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Uh, there's a lot of things where, like, because of the more tightly written and constructed plots, there's, like, bits. There's a lot of bits that you don't expect to come back and then, like, way like oh, hey, there'll be stuff that's that? like yeah like there there is stuff that only that only shows up in case one that suddenly becomes relevant in case 10 and it's <laughs> like oh you uh you were just flexing that you actually had the chance to write multiple games at once <laughs> but yeah it's it's really good uh and uh, for for the wheelses of the audience, it does it makes a it makes a very interesting some very interesting choices when it finally decides to uh, to pull the curtain off of the Hound of the Baskervilles case. So uh, yeah, love it, love it, love it. Uh, like if I didn't have other games that I need to get done, I would probably be playing it again right now. <laughs> hmm. uh, so yeah uh, full-throated recommendation uh, please if I can convince even a single part person to play it uh, then I will be happy what little I've but... played is good and if I wasn't feeling unwell I would actually be playing that stream right now yeah there's another bit that's like that really threw me for a uh, which is uh, there are very special scenes uh, in the second game that actually are voice acted properly and oh. that's uh, that's kind of a big deal the series has never had uh, voice acting on any scene so it's uh, it's, it's, it's very yeah it's, it's, it's great I love it uh, 10 out of 10 please play this uh, let's see. And after that, I moved on to... Uh, well, No More Heroes 3 just came out. And I'm a huge sucker for Suda51. I love No More Heroes. But then I realized, oh, I never actually did everything in uh, Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes, which was the technically spinoff that was released a couple of years ago but that apparently has, like, like sets up essentially the entire plot of No More Heroes 3. So, <laughs> uh, so I've it's been going, kind of essential? Yeah, kind of essential. So I've been going back and playing uh, the core game, the DLC. Uh, it has some of my favorite, like, weird uh, dialogue, like, not sure, like, dark comic dialogue from Goichi Suda. Let me see if I can pull some of these up, because I was screenshotting them because I thought they were incredibly... Uh, like, I thought they were really fun. <laughs> Let me see if I can pull some of these up. Uh... Oh, yeah. This this one's... Like, this one's just an absurdist one but, that I loved. Uh, to think I'd be making balls for video games, bowling's arch-nemesis. Uh, the time sure are honestly cruel. Like, he, like... That's that's ridiculous, but just like this idea of 
these the games that Travis is playing in Travis Strikes Again. The entire gimmick is that basically uh, he is playing an unreleased video game console called the Death Drive Mark II that had uh, seven games uh, made for it the size of bowling balls and a Dragon Ball joke. If you beat all seven games, you get a wish granted. Hmm. So that's what he's doing in that game. But like, one of them turns out to be broken, so you take it back to the guy who originally made them. He makes bowling balls, and he just declares that video games are the arch enemy of bowling. <laughs> uh, the... Oh yeah, there's there's a lot of like weird fourth wall jokes. Uh, someone, one of the characters saying, I wanted to tell you how amazing these burgers are and Travis just responding, sorry, but save that for next time. We have generated too much text, localization costs are getting insane. <laughs> uh, this, this one from a, like, another, uh, another assassin, uh, in Japan I'd have shot you in the face, Travis responds, I'd have killed your ass first, uh, this guy responds, don't get killed by Kamui, and Travis responds, don't get killed by America. Which, honestly, sound advice. But, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, full of, full of, like, weird, sharp, fourth wall breaking dialogue. Uh, gameplay is okay. Uh, it's not... It, it's one of those things, I feel like the game was meant to be played in co-op, and I don't have a co-op partner, so it's we're like it's engaging enough but it's not amazing or anything but like is it local the co-op writing only? and style or say what is it local co-op only yeah it's local co-op only oh that's lame if it wasn't i would have like press gang you into playing yeah i figured <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like uh it's also if you're a big fan of suda 51 it's very interesting because it's like the game that takes all of his games from implicitly being probably in the same universe because they share so many themes and like uh, thematic ties into being explicitly in the same universe because like the game starts by introducing that the two pl- the second player co- uh, protagonist Batman is being uh, chased by the Smith Syndicate from Killer Seven. So. And it just sort of goes on from there. Like, there's really important characters uh, pulled in from the Silver Case. From, uh, like, that game sequel to 25th War. There's, a, there's some Killer is Dead characters. Uh, there's one of the games... Uh, it, oh, this was actually probably the most interesting thing that happens. Uh, one of the games that you play is kind of a sequel to Tragic uh weird early uh like 2011 2012 ish uh shooter shadows of the dam that was a project that infamously went like flying off the rails uh essentially no one involved was really happy with how it turned out but the plot of that game is basically suda coming to coming to terms with how that project turned out and deciding that he does not dislike the project just because it wasn't what he wanted it to be so that was that's honestly interesting just for a like just to see a uh, a creative person coming to terms with a work that they were dis- disappointed in. So yeah, uh, you know, not perfect, but a very interesting game. 
and I'm very looking forward to No More Heroes 3, which looks incredible. And is apparently, like, the... An, an actual, like, quote-unquote finale, at least for uh, current series protagonist Travis Touchdown. People have asked uh, about a further game starring, like, Shinobu from the first game. Like, Suda doesn't seem to be turning the idea down, so maybe. But... Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, that's what I've been playing. Sweet. Uh, Pew reminds me to highly recommend the Suicide Squad movie also. Oh, yeah, you were talking about how much you yes. It's very, very good. Yeah. If I were actually visiting movie theaters at the moment in this country, then maybe yes, but no. It is available on HBO Max. I'm not sure if it is in Japan. No. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Those, yeah. yeah, those are different in different regions. Uh, etc. But yes, that's good. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, it, it will be nice when I can actually trust movie theaters again. Mm. Yeah. Some damn future year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the infection well, rates are going down again in this country. Again. That's good. I hear that. I'm hearing people are actually being able to get vaccinated in Japan. Oh yeah. It was just the uh, there was an incident with the Moderna vi and vaccine. Yeah, there was like a bad batch. Yeah, but uh, but a lot of them. A lot of the cities are using Pfizer. Ah, uh, so probably not many people got that anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's been... I mean, yeah, it's been a massive spike in new infections in the last month. So yeah, it's Delta for you. The, uh, the highest daily average was only five days ago. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, we're hoping it goes down again, but... And I hear news yeah. that they found new variant in Tokyo now. Oh, boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, hopefully oh, it's not a worse variant. Yeah, I was going to say, oh boy, but variant doesn't necessarily mean worse. Thankfully. Yeah. No. It just means different. Yeah. yeah. It could mean not as bad on symptoms, but it probably does mean that the vaccine isn't going to be as effective. Yeah, although it's proved surprisingly resilient yeah. for Delta, so... Yeah. No, I mean, apparently, um, like the coronavirus set is part of a larger group of viruses that, because of their regular size, have actually developed um, like self-editing for uh, mutations. Mm. So like most viruses have zero self-editing ability, and so the mutations just happen like crazy. Yeah. But um, the the group of viruses that includes coronaviruses have a limited ability to self-correct. Um, Which means that they don't mutate as quickly because yeah. uh, the same way that like your cells typically, it's sort of like how your body typically 
avoids things like cancer because it's like, well, this isn't right and just like destroys the cell or something like that. Yeah. Uh, apparently this is a feature common to um, to viruses above a certain size because otherwise they would not be able to remain stable. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with the an opposite example being HIV, which is an incredibly tiny virus with an insanely high mutation rate. Mm. So, um, yeah, to the point where individual cocktails have to be regularly reconfigured for individual people. <laughs> so, well, it's such an expensive thing to treat, and it sucks. Yeah. Well. And a perpetual thing to treat. Just yeah. a, a note on that. I don't know if you guys saw it, that, but they've actually... They're doing tests on they... mRNA vaccines yes. for HIV. Yes. Oh, that's good news. Yeah. Which I think is one of the things they initially were even trying to use it for, so that's good. Yeah, like it was one of the things that the research was done for, but it's one of those things where it's like, well, actually doing further testing on mRNA vaccines doesn't sound profitable, so we're not doing it. And then suddenly COVID yeah. made it profitable, so now there was tests done, so they could start working on other disease. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm still remembering one of the better exam, uh, better um, explanations of how mRNA vaccines work. Mm. I, I remember uh, it was from the comic strip XKCD. Do you ever read that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you, if you just look up um, XKCD mRNA vaccine and you'll get this wonderful comparison that is like heavily based on star wars oh i've seen that actually yeah it's really, it's really, oh it's yeah really no good. i remember that yeah plans for the death star yeah <laughs> like, yeah. yeah oh well hopefully hopefully the uh, medical technology will at least benefit from this one this wonderfully awful burst of attention yeah that'd be nice oh well over here we'll just keep our heads down and our masks on yeah that's a healthy thing for anyone yeah. even if you're vaccinated it's good to keep the masks on um, Which is another reason to be glad not to be in America right now. Yeah. Well, certain parts of America. Uh, no, most of America. Parts. We're doing okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a single part of America that does not have at least a handful of idiots who are willing to just. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's true. It's, it's true. more just that, like, it's the. Yeah, well, we won't go too far into this, but like the desire to yeah. make masks a wedge issue or hellish. Yeah, um, I, I, I would say exhausting. Seriously. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. Um, Can someone invent an mRNA vaccine against ragweed? Thank you. Uh, please please and thank you. Is this where I point out there are shots you can get to like reduce allergies? I get them every two weeks, my friend. <laughs> oh no, that's what I assume. Yes. Like I was assuming that if you didn't already, then yeah. you really should be.
Okay. Uh, we don't have any new things in the podcast section last I checked. We don't have any comments. So, uh, let's, uh, let's hit the fire miner list. Yay. Let's mine the fire miner list. Uh, I see what you did there. Uh, this might be a shorter night just because Wheels is dying and yes. so on. But yeah, let's let's do uh, what time is it? Three questions. Three. Okay. Uh, well, three ones that we actually can discuss. Some yes. Are probably pretty mm -hmm. short, but uh, is there any way to measure the interest of Western game uh, gamers on Eastern motifs, stories, and settings? In other words. How popular was Jade Empire compared to KOTOR? Well, there's a reason there's a there's that's, no Jade Empire 2, but... That's also, uh, I feel like, a bad comparison, because you're using a game with a known established property yeah. against... I, I would honestly original IP Jade Empire to Mass Effect. Yeah. <laughs> which it also wasn't nearly as popular as. <laughs> or even Dragon... Okay, same thing. Same thing. Yeah, it's one of those things like, and Jade Empire was probably by being a very late Xbox game primarily. Like there was a PC version, but it was a little later. And yeah, like it was a March two thousand five Xbox game, which oh, the system was kind of a dead letter by that point. But I think that there's there's room for it. I would maybe be a bit more careful about it than Jade Empire is like. Heavy nostalgia for that game, but it is, uh, it often feels just like a hodgepodge of tiny stereotypes. <laughs> but, uh. It's like the bad sort of Orientalism? Uh, sometimes, yeah. There, there's parts where they're very clearly trying to be sensitive, but there's also parts where it's like, you just sort of did this because it was like, it just sort of was like the first thing you thought of when you thought Chinese. There is a good uh, bit partway through uh, where you run into an Englishman voiced by John Cleese who's just sort of uh, shouting about how no one can debate him and every time someone tries to, he just shoots them with his giant gun. <laughs> <laughs> a very strange section. You can't, huh. you, then, if you successfully debate him, uh, you can actually win his gun take it away from him. But yeah, there's like good bits in it. It's it's a weird. The, the other thing about it is that it's also clearly a rush game because they probably knew the Xbox was kind of a dead letter by the time it was coming out. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I I think that there's room for this. I think that interest in uh, other cultures in the West, especially, comes in fits and starts. Like you just. And this is true of just about everywhere. Like, certain things from other cultures become popular, and then they, like a fad, and they cycle in and out. Like, like the Australian you know, fad? The Australian fad, that, or even just to bring up a time that Jade Empire was definitely drawing upon, uh, the early aughts wuxia fad, or the late 70s kung fu fad. Yeah. And I, I think that you know, there's like those sorts of things are still awesome. I love those. Uh, but, you know, like the 
points of broad popularity are definitely fads. Uh, and I, I think that there's, it's probably around time that that should hopefully come around again. Uh, but I mean, I guess we'll see. Say what? And do it better next time. Yeah. Like, I, I would love, like, something that um, took some of the ideas that they were going for and, you know, did it better. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I think that there's definitely... I, I think that there still is definitely, like, people like uh, these motifs from, like... I mean, like, Ghost of Tsushima did well. Sekiro did well. People do not any immediately... People still like samurai and ninjas and kung fu. That that never changes. There is definitely a place for these that is, I think, currently underserved. Mm -hmm. uh, this next one may be like I I can. This is going to be a tough one to even imagine. Uh, is there any non-adventure game centering around white-collar frauds like multi-level marketing? <laughs> uh, that is incredibly specific. Yeah, there's um, simulation no. game that would essentially yeah. allow you to do that. But... Yeah. Sorry, what were you saying, Gaijin? Gotcha. Yeah, I was going to say, like, as a villain's plot. <laughs> what? Because, like, you do see that kind of villain occasionally in RPGs as, like, one-off, like, for this, this town is being terrorized by a scammer, basically, but... Uh, entire game centering around the idea, like, it's really hard to work this into a traditional game structure that's not an adventure game. Mm. Um, I mean, my first thought is that, like, the cult in Dragon Quest V, but... Yeah, well, yeah. You know, um... So, there's a game that's I haven't really played a lot of, so I don't know for sure, but it's the only game I can think of where this might be a possibility. Mm -hmm. um, it's like mostly a tactical RPG involving like a prohibition era. What the hell is the name of this game? Hold on. Are you uh, thinking of the, the like one that was on Switch like last year? Yes. It's like Designed by one of the Romeros? Yes, yes. Okay, I'll go check this out. Because like, like I, I, I know that John Romero was involved. So. Yeah, so it's like mostly a tactical RPG, but I know there's, I think, Empire of Sin. That's it. I know there's like management yeah, elements it. to it, so it, it, there's it's possible, but there's be like weird white collar crime as an element to it. Just a thought. Yeah, it was primarily uh, the the team. I, sh I just to be clear, the team seems to have been primarily led by uh, Brenda Romero, with John Romero like helping on it. But yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's probably like games where you use things as a front. Uh, You'll sometimes get uh, all like multi-level marketing. I've never seen, but there are definitely games with like a crime bent where you have front organizations, mm. uh, like uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. That was kind of the second half of that entire game was that you would buy up a property and use it as a front for some sort of like more illicit activity. 
Uh, as for like actual direct scams, uh, like scams and like pyramid schemes and shit, kind of hard to make that work. This is, however, making me think of that time that uh, Tetsuo Hara fucking uh, illustrated a manga about an accountant. those not aware, Tetsuo Hara, Hara is the uh, artist behind Fist of the North Star. And uh, characters in this looked like it. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what this was actually called. It didn't last very long. Is it... Uh, it might have been this one that's, like, name apparently translates to Government Corruption uh, Investigator Rintaro Nakabo. But, yeah, but it's just like this really ripped dude wearing like a fucking suit and doing a lot of paperwork. This also <laughs> sounds very accurate. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the Japanese cliche um, of the seller man who is ridiculously well built is. So look up the manga Cooking Papa sometime, and you'll it's like. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Anybody who anybody who complains about the video game Cooking Mama and asks why there isn't a Cooking Papa, it's one of the longest running manga <laughs> series in Japan. The main character is a salary man. He does all the cooking. He is like a virtuoso in the kitchen. He is also built like Superman. <laughs> yeah, that's a beefy dude. Yeah. It has a total of 157 volumes. Sweet lord. Yes, it, it is It is a slowly but surely catching up to Kochikame on total number of volumes because Kochikame finally stopped. <laughs> the Cooking Papa. Days. Cooking Papa is currently forever. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That was a fun conversation that one time. Like, why is like, <laughs> Cooking Mama, that's so sexist. Why isn't there a Cooking Papa? It's like... You realize that Cooking Mama is actually... That is what they are pulling off. <laughs> yes. Also, uh, the fact yeah. that Japanese Mama actually means, like, proprietress of a restaurant. Yeah, that's a bit of a slang that doesn't translate. Yeah, that's not even slang, that's the actual original Japanese word. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, it just happens to sound like mother in English. Yeah, which... Yeah, well, it's... Yeah. Uh, well, people, uh, people don't always get the source. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would have been very surprised if some of them did. However, anyway, numbers 37, 38 seem to be made for me. Yeah, uh, well, quickly, I, I want to just quickly get through this one because uh, we don't... Uh, I think the answer to this one will be very short. 34... Uh, do you keep your CRT for retro gaming? I gave mine away nine years ago. Uh, gave mine away years ago and just use a 4x3 LCD nowadays. Yeah, no, I, I don't have space for a CRT. Yeah, those things are giant and annoying. <laughs> and, I, I, used yeah. to have an, I used to have one, got it before they went completely digital in, Jap in Japan, kept it afterwards because I just didn't watch any TV on the regular channels. Mm-hmm. And we ended up getting rid of it because my sister-in-law got a new TV and was getting rid of hers. And we actually got back on the Japanese subscription system, mm -hmm. partly because the door-to-door -door knockers got really annoying about it. And also because, hey, we could get multiple Disney channels and we had small oh. children. 
and let, let us be honest, uh, my daughter's English ability would not be what it is today without Disney Channel. <laughs> I mean, that's important. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when, when your daughter's first 100 words include the word amulet. <laughs> <laughs> doing something right, doing something right. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, and on to the Metal Max question. Yes, we got I'll close this out. Questions. Yeah. Yeah. So, number 37, do you think adding boat and naval combat into Metal Max would be a good idea? Um, depends on the scope, because <coughs> what, one, of the, one of the more interesting things about the Metal Max games is that they tend to be fairly landlocked on their maps. Yeah. Um, instead of having a world that is basically five islands the size of Manhattan and a, an ocean that loops around infinitely, um, you just have a section of a continent. Um, yeah. That said, there have been two Metal Max games that do have large lakes in the middle of their areas, and they do have boats. Which could be, uh, at the very least, like a situation that forces you into like a vehicle yeah. that you haven't tweaked out as much as your tank or something. Well, I mean, in the case of Metal Saga, it's a ferry boat that you can actually put your tanks on. Ah, uh, okay. But you are fighting aquatic monsters, and you do need to be stocking up on specialty torpedo shells in those cases. So, largely since Metal Saga was the last game that really made extensive use of specialized artillery shells. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, Metal Max Two, you act, you got to ride around in a boat without your tanks. Um, mm. With a special with a special NPC character as your fourth party member, um, Captain Behab, the, um, yeah, Captain Behab, um, as part of the quest to get rid of the, of the U-Shark from the lake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, Captain Behab was on a bit of a mission since it, it, the shark had killed his dad, Ahab, and his brother, Sehab, and his son and wife as well. And what, a everybody. what a choice to make for those <laughs> names. Oh, yeah, you know, you know. That's very Metal Max. <laughs> but as it was, I mean, technically, even then, you were fighting as your party on the deck of a ship. And Behab had an artillery cannon from the ship mm. as well. Um, otherwise, no. I mean, the series is not really geared towards having a lot of water exploration. Mm. Um, I mean... It's all about that post-apocalypse wasteland, and that usually means desert. Yeah. So the, I mean, and uh, so like I said, Metal Saga had a ferry that you could go around on. Um, Metal Max Two had a boat, but you were basically doing personnel warfare from the boat. Um, Metal Saga Two or Metal Saga DS had a ferry that you could go along, but you didn't actually do any. You couldn't actually control where it was going. And the only fights on it were scripted. So, <laughs> so I mean, there was no spe special mechanics there. And um, I'm not sure if you could actually fight anything on the ferry in Metal Max 3, either. Mm. So, yeah. As for the, the question of whether it could be interesting, I, see, like, I feel like as a spinoff, maybe it might have some merit but it's I mean, also one of those situations where maybe if the main series was more healthy right now i'd be suggesting that yeah i mean i could see if they if they structured a new area uh, 
a new game with a new area that was based. Uh-oh. Hello? Yeah, I'm just thinking like the cliffs of Dover. There we go. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Oh, there's I mean, a bunch just... of references to Dover, the cliffs of Dover and fucking British Army. My brain is broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could see them designing a complete area of a new metal, or just a completely new region for a new metal mechs game that made use of um, naval or um, of boats and things more than regular tanks. But it would have to be kind of designed for that. Like, that'd be kind of the theme of the game. So. It would be interesting. I, I hope to see them do that someday. Probably won't. Um, and see, and for question thirty-eight, have has anyone discussed how weird the Metal Max Four box art is? <laughs> Regularly. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, honestly one of the most infamous things about it. Yeah, I mean, going into like Tokyo Game Show, let's say two, twelve, thirty-four, probably two thousand fourteen or so. Um, I was just chatting with a guy on the subway going in from Narita, and he, meant, um, we were talking about the game I'd been playing, which was I was looking forward to Metal Max. Actually, no, this was in 2015 because I'd already beaten Metal Max Four, but so I was talking about enjoying it so much, and he was t just said that he never got past the box art. <laughs> fair, very. Which I admitted was fair, but no, seriously, no. Uh, it's a. Um, uh... I don't even know why they hired the new guy to make just the main characters. Because yeah. all of the, all of the NPCs and um, temporary party members used uh, used character art from previous games. Also, the new main characters are very generic looking. Yeah, um, I think it was they Katakawa got the idea to try and trade on this art guy's artist cred or something like that, and it just did not work out right. Hmm. So. I mean, the the actual character models in the game were not bad. It was just the art. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just one of those things. Like, I, that feels like a calculated choice they made that was absolutely a misfire and seems to have turned people away. It's such a weird piece of art. It uh, really I is. Mean, it's, not unlike, it's not unlike what happened with the latest Langrisser game. Oh yeah. Ah, uh, their language here. Yeah, where they hired the uh, former porno mangaka to do it. Yep. Actually, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure that the guy who did Metal Max Four was also known for his erotic manga at times too. Yeah, there's at least like fucking precedent with language here to have like a porno guy doing the art though. Yeah. Uh. uh. Yeah, um, that's that's probably as much as I have in me tonight. It's, yeah. it's very tired. Mm. All right, plugs, plugs. Yeah, guy, Jen. Oh, I just spent a good portion of the last twenty-four hours plugging stuff on Twitter, but plug I, some more. Hey, since, <laughs> yeah, but since but since that particular event was for things that have not been published yet. I have not really had much chance to plug Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, available on Amazon, um, Kindle, and Kindle Unlimited. 
Um, nine episodes, two side quests, and one long novel for volume four of the paperback editions. Um, mm. Check them out. Have fun. Read, please. Leave, leave nice stars and hearts or whatever your rating of choice is. Put some kind words. Let me know what you but think. Leave as many of them as possible. Yes. <laughs> yes, please. All the stars. Ten out of ten stars. Please, please. So I, I hate to sound like I'm starving for attention, but I kind of am. So. It's understandable. It's hard. It's hard out there with the algorithm. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's like, I am not really the kind of person who is built for a lot of self-promotion. I have to save it all up for this weekly burst. Yeah. I don't do it that well. Uh, but that's why we got to make sure that you always get it out there. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wheels, what about you? Uh, you can check out uh, Dave and I, or at least Dave is almost always there on Sunday nights for Sunday Night Neptunia, where we play that ridiculous RPG series or games adjacent to it on occasion. Last time it was Fairy Fencer F, because yes. Wheels didn't want to. <laughs> and you can also... Uh, this game looks like Breath of the Wild. Yes, yeah, kind of get that feel. Very good art direction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can also check out my Twitch channel, Twitch.tv/askwheels, uh, where I'm often streaming non-RPGs, including uh, Street Fighter on Sunday nights and yeah. some Apex Legends random other nights. Uh, occasionally Fortnite, although that's been happening less lately because I've been more playing more Apex of late. Uh, and random other things too. We, we did an impromptu No More Heroes stream. Um, still due to play more Resident Evil. Uh, stuff like that. So yeah. Uh, First one I invited to the impromptu No More Heroes stream. Yes. Well, you were there. Was I? Yes. I must have been very tired. I... <laughs> <laughs> or distracted. Yeah, I played through like the first two or three... Uh, oh, this was a while ago. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's it for me yeah. for plugs. Yeah. Uh, over the past week, I made a Patreon. I just write things. It's not. It's just stuff that wouldn't really uh, be fitting to RP Gamer to push here, so it's mostly me rambling. But if you want to contribute to that, that'd be nice. Um, People who contribute are allowed to request things. Mm -hmm. That's it. Uh, I forget what the actual URL is because it's bad. It's something I <laughs> threw together very quickly, but uh, I don't know. I'll uh, I'll find a way to actually uh, remember that URL so that I can plug it. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I made a Patreon. Uh, and, you know, that's it, just to defray the cost of, to justify to myself that I'm allowed to just write about things that matter to me sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've thought about doing a Patreon before, and then I always kind of feel bad about it. <laughs> asking for money for not doing much at all. <sighs> oh, yeah. The, the way I've convinced myself to do it entirely is that none of the posts actually cost money, cost money to see. It's just like 
it's basically a vlog with a built-in tip jar. So. Listen, your content is already better than Mighty Number no. Nine, so that's like the most backhand compliment you could get. Fair. <laughs> oh no, I'm sure we can get more backhand. It's like it's better than Xeno Reborn. Oh, man. It's better than that Patreon for some game that never came out. Wow, I've got questions and I'm not getting I'm not seeking answers, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, there's there's our plugs. Uh, and uh, otherwise Yeah, that's Space Cowboys. Oh no wait, no, there's one wait, more thing. Okay. okay. Uh, you gotta ask you gotta put Ask us questions. You can put them in the podcast section of the Discord, or you can put them in the comments of this very podcast. Uh, like notice of going up, also where you're maybe listening to it. But yeah, uh, put them there. Don't put them in like iTunes or Smoke Signal them to Wheels or something. We'll never get to them. Sure. You can also put them if you're watching the stream. You can put questions in the stream chat. Answer them in real time. Also true. But yeah. Uh, there's our plug. Uh, see you, Space Cowboys. See ya.